You know, if you give it everything and it doesn't work out, well, at least you gave it everything. Little did I know, I was coming from the beach down at Waihau Bay on the east coast of New Zealand. Beautiful weather into a polar vortex. Oh, you're such a cutie, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Football in the Trenches, our sixth edition with Elliot Collier uh, playing for the Chicago Fire in Major League Soccer, who's struck his way up across the leagues, uh, hailing from the small and obscure and distant country of New Zealand. He's now gracing the fields of uh, Chicago Fire, which is the one of the original MLS clubs uh, in a great city of Chicago, one of the three big cities in the United States. And we're really glad to have you on board to discuss with you about football in the trenches, Elliot, and about your career and profile you for our audience. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, welcome, Elliot. Good to see you again. Uh, yeah, always good to see you. Just for the listeners, uh, Elliot and I know each other back from New Zealand. We attended the same football academy that my uncle was running at the time. So just a little background so the listeners know that we also have a little connection there, eh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're not allowed to say 100% good today. Old, You're not allowed old, to say 100%. Way, days. <laughs> We're going to start with a rapid fire question section, Elliot. So this is uh, short questions with short answers. So we're going to start with, uh, who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, when I was really young, uh, it was David Beckham. I remember having the full Beckham kit. Uh, and then as I got a little older, Cristiano Ronaldo took over that spot for me. You had the haircut and everything, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best manager or your favorite manager that you've played for? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I've had so many good ones along my path, you know, from, from your uncle, from, uh, you know, my college coach was really good. Um, you know, Danny Hay right now with the national team, he's awesome. And, and my current coach at Chicago Fire, um, mm. <laughs> it's really tough to... It's a to political answer, good answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think at the moment i'd have to say just from the amount of years that i had with him uh, at loyola from college would be uh, my college coach neil jones nice. i mean he re really pushed me and, and helped me get to where i am today nice and who's the the best player that you've played with oh that's tough um you know i played with bastian swainsteig obviously here for a couple of years and that was that was fantastic he's on another level but then you know also got the likes of ryan thomas who was fantastic to play with um but i think i'd have to give it to, to schweinsteiger he was he's just top class yeah on another course. level of course especially thomas with... thomas is younger yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. But everything that uh schweinsteiger has achieved you know it must be yeah. unbelievable uh, to playing playing with a legend of the game yeah exactly unbelievable do you have a favorite goal that you've scored? Uh, obviously, you're known to score goals playing up front, but does something stick in your mind that, you know, that, that comes to your mind straight away if you have a favorite goal? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, when I was on loan to Memphis in the USL, I scored my first uh, professional hat-trick. And the third goal of that, I just dribbled about six guys and scored. So... 
Uh, <laughs> so that yeah. was probably yeah, that was probably my favorite one. <laughs> Bringing back the futsal days, mate. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, my my coach actually uh, he told me I was coming off in about five minutes. So I was like, all right, I got five minutes to to try and complete this hat trick, and I got the ball off a throw and turned the guy and just ran the length of the field. <laughs> oh, decent man, decent. Yeah. What's your favorite meal? Favorite meal? Ooh, it's got to be, it has to be a tribute to mum. It's got to be a roast dinner. Oh. Sunday roast, yeah. Oh, mum, mum, mum makes an unreal roast. What's your favorite film? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, maybe like The Dark Knight, something oh, like that. Joker, yeah. Yeah, Joker. yeah Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger was, you know, best, best villain performance I've ever seen, so yeah unbelievable legend one. legend yeah yeah who's your uh, favorite current international player favorite current international player uh i think i gotta give it to ryan thomas yeah <laughs> yeah oh, he, massive shout yeah massive, massive shout, shout out to ryan. <laughs> he's a, i mean watching him playing with him he's he's the real deal man yeah 100 percent if you could um, change your yeah. nationality in soccer, what would it be and why? <laughs> I don't think I would want to change my nationality, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I love being being a Kiwi and, and representing them is one of my greatest achievements, you know? It gives me a lot of pride, but I am also half English, so maybe, you know, maybe represent mum and go for the England team, but... Uh, Nah, I'm happy where I am. <laughs> yeah, you don't have it bad with the uh, dual citizenship, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you could play in any other sport, uh, not including football, what would it be? Uh, I think it'd be golf. I've started playing a little more golf recently, and it's while it's really hard and frustrating, it's really satisfying. It's a uh, very popular answer around the football. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like football is, you know, love to go play golf in your off time and spare time. It's just it's like a nice relaxing, you get outside kind of thing. So. Mm. And uh, growing up as well, if you, if you weren't involved in football, where do you think you would have ended up? Uh, what would you have been doing? Oh, man. All I've ever wanted to do since I was, you know, four was was kick that ball around the field. So, I honestly I can't think of anything else. It's yeah. never ever changed from I'm I'm gonna play as a professional soccer player. That's all I've ever wanted to do. Maybe yeah, maybe be a streamer or something. I don't know. Play some video yeah. games. <laughs> Come on, drop the gaming yeah. side, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your game, Elliot? Oh man, I've played so many. <laughs> yeah, I played COD, played you know, Rocket League, and oh man, so many. <laughs> oh, those Rocket League players are unreal. They're eh? flipping. The oh, yeah. yeah. I, I can't do what they do, but it's good fun. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the rapid fire question. Questions. Cheers for that, uh, Tony. Yeah, uh, I was trying to ban the term 100%, but obviously I failed. You guys used it it's three times already. <laughs> you, you didn't hear me. I was trying to say, Jesse, stop it, please. No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's, a Kiwi, it's a Kiwi cast today. Um, <laughs> tell us about your upbringing, Elliot. Um, where did you grow up and in which environment? 
I grew up in Rotorua in New Zealand. So it's kind of like center of the North Island, a touristy town. Lots to do. Uh, Football wasn't great. I ended up, you know, started traveling away, you know, an hour and a half to, to Hamilton or Cambridge and then three hours to Auckland you know, three to four times a week because the competition wasn't there in Rotorua. And there were, there were a handful of us, uh, you know, some guys that I played with growing up that we'd all travel, uh, we'd all go away. So our parents would just rotate, taking us after school and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I did that for a while, um, you know, traveling every week. And then my parents thought it would be a good idea um, to move up to, to Hamilton to the club that I was playing. I was playing at uh, Hamilton Wanderers. I think this was like, when I was like 16, I think, something like that. Um, so I ended up going to St. Paul's Collegiate uh, in Hamilton, got a scholarship to go there because it's private school and my parents couldn't afford that. Um, and then I was able to play for Hamilton Wanderers while I was there. And I was playing for uh, under 17s at the time and then as I got older, I was playing for the reserves and and the first team there. So yeah, I played, and then I was also playing school football as well, which uh, you know, Jesse's uncle wouldn't have liked very much. <laughs> but I was on scholarship, so I had to do that, you know. Yeah, um, comment. <laughs> <laughs> Declan, if you're listening, you got to cut the kids some slack. <laughs> Um, he would who, say never. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, I know never. what he's saying. He probably, he's just probably unfriended me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> who introduced you to uh, to football, and who were your early influences? Um, I would say my mum. And well, my dad was a rugby player, but my mum was never going to let me play rugby, and so. You know, my mum's got that. She's from England, so my family over there is crazy about football. And uh, I don't even really remember not like loving football. So I don't know when it started. I don't know if it was something I just started kicking a ball around, or you know, mum and dad kind of put me in that way. But uh, no, as as long as I can remember, I was I was kicking a ball around the house. So. Yeah. I have to ask, where, where in England are they from? What, what does, who does your family support in England? Uh, so my mum's from Devon, um, beautiful part of England. Yeah. And my uncle uh, supports Man- Manchester United. So that's who I supported when I was, when I was younger. I grew up watching, you know, watching the treble and, and Sir Alex Ferguson, who was a fantastic manager. That era was unbelievable for Manchester United. And then, of course, that's where I, I moved on from Beckham to Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Elliot, we mentioned it a little bit before that we both attended the, I'll say, New Zealand famous Ole Football Academy, yeah. who was run by my uncle Declan at the time. Uh, how was your decision made to move down to Wellington and, and what were your experiences like? Uh, within that environment uh, for our listeners who don't know much about it is you know it was basically a building where we all lived together and it rolled out onto the field in uh, Porido, Wellington so what was your first of all your how was your decision made and you know what was your experience like being there uh yeah so basically I wanted you know I wanted to go pro um and I wanted to 
find the best path for that for me. And uh, my parents wanted me to have a plan B. So we found out about the possibility of getting scholarships to US colleges. Um, and they, through Olay, that was a possibility. So you know, I went down and trialed and um, you know, I, I did well enough to be invited to go. And uh, from there, my decision was made. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go there, get a scholarship, and then I'm going to go pro afterwards. That was, that was my thinking all along. Mm. Um, and at the time, we didn't know that, um, you know, your uncle Declan would be taken over and all you guys were going down there, which turned out to be, you know, the greatest part of Olay for me. Um, working with you guys and working with Declan was, was tremendous for my game. Um, but then when my mom found out that Declan was going down there, <laughs> she was like, nah, you're not going anymore. And I'm like, well, my dad was like, he can make his own decisions. And I was like, exactly. I'm making my own decision. I can go there. Cause you know, I grew up, you know, watching Declan and Declan's age group was a year above me. And my parents or my mom especially was like, no, you can't go down there. <laughs> you know, seeing what, seeing the way that, you know, you know, he had a little bit of infamy with the, some of the games we saw, you know, he kicked off, you know, four guys from your team and didn't put any subs on kind of things. So you're playing with seven men. But uh, no, I was like, mum, I'm 18. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm 18 now. I'm, uh, I'm a big boy. Let, let me, <laughs> let me go, let me go do my thing. And, you know, I got down there and it, it was fantastic. You know, I, I, I couldn't speak any higher, um, any more highly of Declan and, and you boys as well for, you know, welcoming me in and uh, making me a part of that, that squad. It was, you know, I look back at those Olay times as some of, some of my best footballing times. It was just, we worked so hard. We, we all improved so much and we had so much fun doing it. Yeah, completely backed that up, mate, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, football in the trenches, we don't in any way endorse cults. All right, you can edit it out if you want, Jesse. It's definitely staying. Then you made the leap to the U.S. college system after, as, as you as you intro that, and and tell us tell us that story. I mean, um, how how it happened, and what was the NCAA like? Yeah, so basically, I, I went down to Olay. Um, within a month or two they had a school a full scholarship kind of lined up for me um, at Loyola and you know the head coach was from New Zealand as I said Neil Jones um, he was very straightforward with me about the program and about you know what he's trying to do and a couple of the other colleges college coaches were kind of just a little iffy on things they were telling me so I wasn't into that um, so I decided to just commit and uh the guys at Olay wanted me to stay for the full year so I could continue to develop and then I'd head over um, next January. Little did I know, I was coming from the beach down at Waihau Bay on the east coast of New Zealand, beautiful weather, into a polar vortex in Chicago. Um, I think when I got there, it was minus 18 Fahrenheit. So this was like walk outside and if you have exposed skin you could get like frostbite kind of weather so concrete, uh, concrete metropolis as well yeah 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 so i was i was in a i was thinking what have i got myself into i can't survive this cold <laughs> i was miserable 
but yeah um in no, sweden good, in I... sweden they have a saying there's it's not cold it's only wrong clothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true but then then yeah I, i got over to to the states and you know just like the boys at Olay, i had a, a a great group of guys um that welcomed me in and, and looked after me um and we we got to work basically our program was was not good um previously they had i don't know what the previous year they were like three and 12 or something three wins 12 losses something crazy like that they're pretty bad and then uh my first year i think we went eight and eight 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 and something i don't know so so we weren't great when i first started but we were laying the foundation for you know we, we had some some good years to follow that um my junior year we went to the ncaa tournament got into the second round um we that was the first time ever for our program to host an ncaa game which we won 2-0 which was unbelievable and then we went to notre dame and uh it was a miserable freezing evening at Notre Dame and we uh we ended up losing that game 1-0 but it was it was an awesome experience it's a derby too in a way Australian yeah. derby <laughs> cool uh, and uh, in the draft 49th pick you you worked your way into that uh, tell us about the draft excitement yeah so i i actually had no idea I was getting drafted. Um, I played for <laughs> Chicago Fire's PDL team, under 23 team, which is basically, for people that don't know, um, is the college summer, like college off-season um, league, where basically all the college players go to, to continue to train and get better and have competition. So I played um, for Chicago Fire's uh, team. And at the end of it, the coach invited me to train with the first team for two weeks. Uh, before the college season started so that was fantastic you know i got to go train with the pros and and be involved in that they got to look at me a little more and i kind of just formed a connection there um and then following college i thought they might pick me up i thought they might not i don't really know and i woke up you know the i woke up to my phone just blowing up i had all my buddies texting me i had my parents i had just everyone was like have you seen it? have you seen it like congratulations i was like what is going on <laughs> and then i get a call from the uh from the, the manager of chicago fire like hey Ellie, i hope you've seen uh you know we drafted you and i was like well i hadn't seen but now i have so thank you <laughs> we, we drafted you uh we went to in preseason in two days and i was like oh okay Preseason in two days. This is this is happening really quick. This is everything I wanted. Um, you know, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I've been to a couple of combines, and you know, I didn't know whether I was going to go back to New Zealand or I was going to go overseas and look for something. But you know, the draft happened, and then I got to go to preseason with Chicago Fire. And you know, at the end of preseason, they they signed me. So, the rest of that was history. Oh, that's a crazy story, and you know how quickly football football is you know it goes up yeah. really fast yeah. but then on the opposite side it can also go down very fast oh, you know? yeah it's got but, the, um, the highest highest highs and lowest lows for sure it's, it's kind of cool that you were oblivious to it i know a lot of players yeah, yeah. really got it got you know 20 23 year old heart attacks following, <laughs> following the draft so, so yeah. yeah definitely 
So now you've spent a little bit of a uh, little bit of time being a Chicago Fire player, but you had some loan moves into the USL, which is the second tier in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, we read up a little bit of you know information through you know coming up with the questions for this podcast, mm-hmm. and we found a little interesting story about what happened after your loan move to Memphis in 2019. And coming back to the Chicago Fire after after doing that loan move, uh, what what happened with that? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I I went on loan at Memphis. I had a, a, a decent season. Um, I played a lot of games. I got a lot of minutes under my belt, some goals, some assists, that kind of stuff. And I was uh, had a meeting. I came back and I had a meeting with. Uh, with the general manager and they were basically, he basically said, yeah, we're, we're going to sign you on for next year. Um, basically keep working and all that kind of stuff. And I was going home. So I left the meeting being like, yep, cool. Being re-signed for next year. It's awesome. And then uh, coach gets fired and new coaching staff comes in. General manager steps away from his position. Um, they bring in new sporting director, new um, uh, was what's his role? Another guy as well. He brought in the sporting director, brought in another guy, um, and then I was back to square one. Basically told, uh, "We'll invite you to preseason um, and see how you do from there." So I went from, you know, thinking, "Sweet, you know, you're always always thinking about, uh, you know, your contract and you know, if you're solidified for next year, kind of thing," and uh, I thought I was, and, and then I wasn't. Um, so I went back to New Zealand, and I worked my butt off in the, in my off season. You know, had a little bit of time with the family, and came back ready to go for for the preseason with the new with the new team, uh, with the new coach. And mm. Did about, you? Uh, how did you? Because obviously, you know, being a player myself, to deal with those those if you could say setbacks a little bit Mm -hmm. you know through something that's really out of your control how did you how did you deal with that mentally did you have some support from outside or what did that even just give you more motivation or what was your vision of it at the time yeah for sure I mean I had the you know support of my family and that kind of stuff but you knocked it on the head it's it's extra motivation for me you know Mm -hmm. coming into a preseason when you've got nothing and everything's on the line it just really I think it even pushed my game to the next level. You know, I, I had a, I had a great preseason. I was scored, I was top goal scorer for preseason. I was working really hard. I felt really good um, in front of goal, and I was playing really well. So I think it was about you know two weeks into preseason they signed me. So it wasn't even the full preseason until I was signed. So um, no, it was fantastic. And of course, my mentality is always just keep working to get better. Keep keep pushing you know every day got to get better so that's kind of what I did you know if you give it everything and it doesn't work out well at least you gave it everything yeah definitely definitely and then as well uh since obviously these moments you debuted for the first national team of New Zealand uh what was your experiences there I know you obviously played with a lot of you know boys that we played with in the past also yeah. at Olay and also some a lot of people that you have a nice connection with already so what was the experience like coming from your time in the US and then meeting up in in that environment playing at the highest level of football 
it was you know phenomenal experience i'll remember that for for the rest of my life that putting on that jersey for the first time and and all that but yeah getting into camp was it was kind of familiar you know there's so many Olay boys and so many guys that you know i'd seen and played with played against like that kind of stuff um it wasn't really obviously there's nerves and you know it's a, it's a new environment kind of thing but it's kind of just like you're back with the boys almost, you know, like <laughs> I remember taking, <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember taking Eli and Callum and Nando. No, I used to drive them to school. <laughs> you know, like they used to come, they used to come, you know, tap on my foot to wake me up in the morning. Hey, Ellie, can you take us to school? I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was really cool. Um, and I had the same feeling in training as well. Like it was just, you know, we're doing 5v2s with Shiva and all that kind of stuff it's, it's just very very familiar um kind of just felt like being back at Olay um in in a national team environment which was which was an awesome feeling mm. you know they're they're explaining you know Danny's explaining drills and I'm like I already know what the drill is because I've already done this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah no it was a phenomenal experience I actually had a, a funny uh thing about playing against Ireland so my debut game was against Ireland um mm. My my mum flew out for that, um, and my auntie and uncle and cousins flew out for that as well. So I had my you know I had my family supporting there. Uh, Tyler Lizette was there as well. He was <laughs> right behind me, sitting behind me the whole time. Didn't even tell me he was there. Uh, he's good good friend of mine. Yeah, life, shout, out good friend of ours. shout out yeah, Tyler. Um, so I'm in the locker room before the game and. Um, the goalkeeper Stefan comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, I've got my shin guards. Can I use yours?" I'm like, "Bro, what if I have to? What if I have to play? Like, what am I gonna do? I don't have shin guards." He's like, "Dude, it's national so no, team." No. <laughs> He's like, "No, no, no." He's like, "No, no, you're, you're not playing this game. You're starting against Lithuania." So I was like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah I got." He's like, I basically talked to the coach, kind of thing. I was like, "Fine, here, take my shin guards." So I give him my shin guards, and I'm sitting on the bench. It's like. 70, 78th, 80th minute, something like that. And then he goes, Elliot, warm up. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have shin guards. <laughs> so I'm warming up and I don't have shin guards and I'm done warming up and I'm coming back. Chris Wood just came off and I see like he's got his socks down and shin guards. I'm like, Chris, Chris, can I, like, give me, give me shin guards. I don't have them. Like Stefan has it. So I get his shin guards. I'm going up to Danny. He's like talking to me about stuff for the game and I'm putting in my shin guards as he's talking. He's like, are you fucking kidding me how unprofessional is this like basically like what is wrong with you you don't have your shin guards in and i'm like trying to explain to him like it's not my fault it's not mine but i was like fuck it. I'll, I'll just i'll uh i'll talk about it afterwards like i'll, I'll tell him about it later and then uh you know i went on and you know, i had my debut and then we we laughed about it afterwards danny came up to me and was like yeah i heard you're uh heard you gave your shin guards to stefan you didn't have any he's like <laughs> It's like, how about that for, uh, you know, you're probably nervous going on to your first international game and I'm yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, national yeah. team, guys. National team, unbelievable. Yeah. 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 I mean, never so, heard a story like that from... Uh, from... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to forget that one, that's for sure. Oh. Um, what's the cat's name? The cat's been parading behind you. <laughs> my cat's name is Luna. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's great. She she's love loves to explore and jump up on things. I'm surprised she hasn't jumped up in front of the camera yet. 
Nice. <laughs> well, she's welcome. <laughs> ask her questions. She's ready to answer questions. Um, completely, completely switching the spectrum there. Tell us about Chicago as a town. Uh, best things about Chicago. Uh, are there any particular old world, you know, neighborhoods that you that you like? I mean, you were in Loyola, that's the north side of the city. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Chicago is fantastic. Uh, it wasn't really too big of a, um, a, a shift for me coming over here because it's very diverse and, and Loyola especially is, is very diverse. So there's so many different you know, people from all over the world, so many international students. Uh, it's, there's colleges everywhere here. So you know, all those colleges have students from different parts of the world. So um, and then of course you have all the you have all the little the villages you know like yeah. Greek village you know Polish Polish village and you know Chinatown and like all that kind of stuff and they're they're all fantastic and especially like the restaurants you go to those places the food is fantastic. <laughs> Any favorites? Uh, there's a there was a uh, an Indian place up by Loyola called Garib Nawaz. We would get that after trainings and they had like a kind of like a classic butter chicken like we'd get back in new zealand and it was like the was like the garlic only place that we could garlic naan. yeah 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 <laughs> the only place we could find that it's a way to put off the yeah. defender psychologically yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was fantastic um switching the spectrum again uh elliot tell us about a failure or apparent failure, uh, which set you up for later success, you know, some something which which, oh, which, which a, you wish would have gone differently, but actually ended up being being yeah, quite good. Yeah. You have a favorite one? example for this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was 15, I had the opportunity to go trial at uh, West Bromwich Albion. So I went over there, you know, um, this was before I'd grown, I, I was pretty pretty small back then um physically mentally not very mature um and i got a i got the shock of my life basically i went over there i was training with the 18s of the 18 year olds um handful of them were already on pro contracts so i was basically coming in there to steal their job um and you know i didn't get treated very well i you know i got spit on i got you know beat up in training kind of stuff um and i was training twice a day with them and then once in the evening with the 16s and the 16s were the, the guys that i was actually getting basically looked at with you know i was getting assessed with the 16s but by the time i got to the 16s in the evening i was exhausted you know i trained two sessions already previously with with the 18s and you know things weren't I, they weren't going terribly i wasn't like a fish out of water but they weren't going great i wasn't out there killing it um, i was just kind of out there um and at the end of the i i don't know if it was a two-week trial or something like that but i think i only made it through like a week and a half and then i was like nah i'm, I'm done uh, I was like talking to my parents on the phone. I was like, I just want to come home, like that kind of stuff. And uh, I told my told my parents, Luna, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> I told my parents, uh, I don't want to play football anymore. I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm never going to make it. I tried all that kind of stuff. So 
I go home back to New Zealand and about two weeks pass and I'm like, wait, no, that's stupid. I can't stop playing football. Like this is, this is all I've ever wanted to do. This is what I love. So from that point on, I was like, I still want to go pro. That's, that is the ultimate goal. Um, but now how do we do it? And then that's when basically we started looking at the, the US college system and basically preparing for that and just got back into training and trying to get better every day and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we went from um, quitting football forever to no, we're still going. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. Those 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 trials can be can be particularly tough in, in the big leagues. Yeah, you know, that's uh, definitely. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually funny that when I was over there, there was a New Zealand team that came over to play uh, West Brom's under 18s and at the time, West Brom's under 18s were top of the top of the Premier League, youth Premier League. Like they mm. were, they were really really good and. Uh, I was watching them play the New Zealand team and it was 11-0 at halftime to the West Brom team, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and, any, any, any of those guys make it into the Premier League that you trained with? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not too sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure either. <laughs> yeah. still, it's a still big step. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was, a, it was an eye-opener for sure. Basically, just it showed me the level that I had to get to and, mm. uh, and how much more work I had to put in because uh, obviously wasn't there. And that as well goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, the way that you handle and take different situations. Obviously, you had a little bit of a downtime there, but, you know, quickly, as quickly as you can to switch that round into a positive and be a motivating factor again to go and... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Go and be getting I mean, on the right path and doing the right work again. Yeah, and especially when you're young, you think it's the be-all be and end-all, but, uh, you know, there's... Yeah. It's a process. Football is a process and, and takes time to, you know, I don't even think I was a football player until I went to Olay. I don't even think I learned the game of football until I went to Olay. I was basically just to get the ball and dribble as far as I could with it by myself. <laughs> and the thing that was well about playing professional football is there's so many paths, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like your path took you over to the United States. You know, obviously Ryan Thomas went over to Holland. You know, there's loads of different paths to make it and you know, and, and live from this beautiful game. You know, we're so fortunate yeah, in, in sure. doing that. It just takes us on a journey and, you know, we're, we're at the mercy of it as long as we, you know, give it everything, which which I love, you know, this journey. I wouldn't change this journey for, for anything. Yeah, They'll never stop sure. like this guy I know, Jesse Edge. <laughs> <laughs> they never stop traveling. <laughs> no. Um, what are some, yeah, I mean, we've talked about Ole, but but can you highlight, I mean, can you, can you be specific about some of the important playing philosophies, uh, systems or ideas uh, that you've picked up along the way? Um, how do you like to play football? And, 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 and what are your, I mean, you've been called, you've been called New Zealand's Peter Crouch. I've heard that. <laughs> I, 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 I like, uh, I, I had somebody, you know, some, some, I had a foreign, uh, foreign onlooker once say, who's that guy? New Zealand's Peter Crouch. You couldn't remember your real name, but that was before you made your debut. But, <laughs> But um, but uh, what what have you you know what specific things can you pass on to players embarking on the same you know wanting to embark on your journey? Yeah, um, first of all, you you gotta love the game. You you gotta love the ball. You gotta love. I mean, me personally, and I mean Jesse for sure as well. When we're at Olay, we we just absolutely dominated teams with the ball. We, we moved it so well uh, everybody wants the ball nobody's out there hiding um, mistakes are being made but 
then you just work hard to get the ball back. And, and when, when the whole team buys into that philosophy of, you know, of controlling the game, keeping the ball, attacking, uh, and then when you lose it, repressing, uh, that, that, that was a huge thing. I never really um, thought too much about the defensive side of, of football when I was younger. It was just wait till I get the ball and then do something with it. Um, but, and now, especially being a professional and, and the way that um, my coach now and uh, you know, uh, assistant coaches want, want us to play, the repress and our pressing is, is a huge part of our game. Uh, obviously, we, we like to keep the ball and, and play really nice football, which we do. But um, being able to keep teams pressed in and, and win the ball back and you're right in front of goal, like that, that repressing and pressing is, is huge. So. But yeah, for, for for younger younger guys wanting to play, just just love getting better. That's you just you gotta just love learning. You gotta love getting better. You gotta give it everything. There's, don't take don't take a practice off. It's not worth it. You you mentioned you you mentioned. I mean, Chicago very often deploy in you know the, the German influence four two three one, and you you play as a lone striker. Uh, how how you know you, you you didn't you said you didn't consider the defensive. Uh, the defensive aspects of the game before, but that lone strikers really got to work hard. Could you, could you give any tips to players down the league system on how to better play that position? Uh, yeah, so I actually haven't been playing too much forward. I'm actually, I'm actually playing uh, out on the left is, yeah. uh, is my preferred position. Um, but, you know, if I do have to play up top, then you're, you're the one who's leading the press. Everything kind of stems up from you. Um, yeah. If the team's ready to go, and they're, they're pushing you from behind, um, then it's, everything's got to be an all-out sprint. But if, if it's not on and you're not ready to press, then you're the one that can, that can hold off and tell the team to just sit back for a bit. Um, being, being that uh, number nine in that formation, you, you hold a lot of responsibility for engaging uh, the press. Yeah. So if, if you're ready and, and you see that your team's ready, then you can go for it. But if not, just kind of tell them to hold off. And picking the right moments. Exactly. Yeah. You can't press for 90 minutes in a game. You'll, you'll die. No. You got to have a Unless good sense of your teammates. You got to get a good sense of your teammates. It's, it's that reverse yeah. vision. I mean, you're up front, but you got to feel mm -hmm. what your squad, how, how, how yeah, compact and, the squad is behind you. Yeah. And that's, that's where communication is key. You know, mm -hmm. if, if everyone's talking to each other and you're all on the same wavelength, it, it makes the game very easy. Yeah. Communication is massive, I think. Uh, especially here, uh, I'm currently in Sweden uh, and I do a little bit of youth coaching and the football here is quite quiet, to be honest. And that's, mm. that's the main thing that I try and bring into the players because, you know, uh, communication is, is, is a really huge part of football. Like for mm. you as a striker, it's similar like me as a defensive midfield player for my center backs. You know, you the communication is about where you, how you control your distance. It also can bring the, like the energy and the, you know, the tempo into the training. It's all from just speaking, you know? So the yeah, communication exactly. is a massive part of football. You, you speak, you speak energy into your teammates, you know, With, mm. whether it's, you know, encouragement to go and press, whether it's telling them to sit back, you know, it's all it's communication. And you can tell, you know, in games when, when teams are quiet and, they just don't look the same when they're when they're all barking orders at each other you know kind of moving as a unit if you're not playing as a unit then you're going to struggle 
And then kind of spinning off the communication uh, side of things on the field, uh, you've been to, you know, and been through lots of different environments in football and also in futsal. But what's some uh, bad recommendations that you hear in this profession? Bad recommendations? Like, and like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like bad advice. I mean, like bad advice. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't really hear too much bad advice uh, where I'm at right now. <laughs> generally, uh, generally good advice from uh, coaches and, and players. Yeah, um, even going back to, you know, it being a youth in New Zealand or, you know, through college, yeah. maybe, you know, anything uh, from like that. Um, uh, I can think of one example from uh, an old teammate, uh, an old Ole teammate, Riley Kelleher. He was at, uh, he was at Northwestern. Uh, a rival school of Loyola and he was telling me about their trainings one day and he was saying uh, they're only allowed to use their strong foot in training if you use your weak foot to either control the ball or pass the ball it's the other team's ball <laughs> so uh, that that's some of the worst advice I've ever heard in my life yeah. <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> Yeah. Um, if, if someone's, if anyone, any coach is telling you to only focus on your strong foot, then he, he's telling you the wrong thing. Yeah. So the more two footed you can get, um, the better. More especially, and you know, as an attacker, the more dynamic you are as a defender, you know, holding mid, whatever, play balls with both feet. If you can spray both sides of the field, then it's going to be very hard to predict what you're trying to do. Improve your strengths and back them up by shoring up your weaknesses. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a good one, actually. <laughs> I've I've heard a lot a lot of those types of things with with obsessed coaches. But anyways, not to pick on anybody. No names. <laughs> no names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elliot, we're at the rounder phase of the interview. The the a little bit of more general philosophical questions. So um, mm -hmm. that's that's where we're headed now. Um, first one is is a really easy one. Uh, how do you define success, Elliot? Oh, uh, wow. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's like, for me, it would probably be, you know, happiness and um, contentment with, with the work that you've put in and what you've achieved. You know, if at the end of the day, um, if I, at the end of the day, the, the day that I hang up my cleats, and I look back on everything and I'm like, yeah, I, I gave everything I could. I worked in training to get as good as I could for as long as I could. And, uh, you know, that, that would be a successful career to me. If I look back on it and I was, you know, oh, I took that year off. I didn't really try in these games. I probably could have done more here. I don't think I don't, that's, that's not the kind of thing I want to look back on. That's good. A question about money. We don't like to ask a lot about money, but <laughs> what, what purchase of $100 or less uh, and, and specific purchase uh, has impacted your life most positively in the last six months? Can you think of one? Whoa, purchase of $100. I'm not really like a, I don't really buy things, you know? I, I'm not I'm not much of a, a money guy. I'm not, I don't buy shoes. I don't buy clothes. You know, I have food? Yeah, yeah, cat food, yeah. <laughs> cat treats. Uh, I did. 
I did just buy, so my girlfriend also has a cat. I did just buy her like a, like a cat climbing tree kind of thing. And she loves it. So that, that's pretty, that's pretty great to see. <laughs> oh, you're such a cutie, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> but Elliot, if you had a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, uh, getting a message out to millions or billions of people, uh, what would it say and, and why? Um, probably just like something cliche, like love one another or, you know, like- Don't eat treat the marshmallow. Others, <laughs> yeah, don't eat the marshmallow. <laughs> treat others like you want to be treated or something. You know, there, there's so much, there's so much shit going on in this world that you know, we, we, we gotta be, we gotta be better to each other, you know, as human beings, we gotta be better to this world, you know, to, to the earth, to, to the planet, to everything on it. But um, yeah, something like that. Just mm -hmm. treat, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Oh, really nice, man. Really nice. So one of these guys, you need, you need like three billboards in a row and then <laughs> <laughs> live, laugh, love, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is one of the best and most most worthwhile investments you ever made and that's not a money investment but like time energy it could be a money investment but not necessarily um oh best investment um i think probably investing like this, this has gone on throughout my whole life kind of thing, investing time into um, like your teammates, like kind of like get, getting to know them, doing things with them, bonding off the field, bonding on the field, like as a, as a footballer that, that really makes your life a lot better and it makes your life better, makes the team life better. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, team chemistry and and doing things off the field with your with your teammates to to build the bond because you know your your brothers on the field you, you got to fight for each other and you re if you really care about you know your teammates and, and your club and all that kind of stuff you're, you're going to give it everything so it sounds well, a really team useful. is like an extended family really yeah you know, we know yeah, they really are and, and especially, especially for together. you know for us like yeah. we're away from home um we've been away from home for a long time so they do become your family you know, I'm living, I'm right now, I'm living with um, two of my college teammates. So, mm. and you know, it's been, been a while out of college. So they're, you know, one of them, Geordie from, from Olay as well. Um, yeah. And the other one, an American guy, but uh, yeah, they, they become your, they become your family and you, you spend so much time with them that, that yeah, you, you gotta, gotta make those relationships count. Yeah, sounds like really good advice. I mean, you, you come from a very, you know, a, a small, tight-knit football community in New Zealand, mm -hmm. and you get to this kind of diverse, chaotic, everybody's transferring in and out environment. Yes, yeah, exactly. Good advice from the sound of it. In the last five years, Elliot, what have you become better at saying no to? What new realizations and or approaches helped uh saying no to things and do you have any other tips for time management and you know using using the time that you have to the maximum to the most potential you can um one thing that i say no to is uh, alcohol now you know i uh 
throughout college, I I part I used I partook in, in my fair share of alcohol and um after college I, I I cut it out. I just I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really do it anymore. Um negative impacts of it were just not worth it. So kind of cut out all the, you know, the alcohol and all that kind of, you know, staying up late, those kind of things that are just, you know, not good for your body and just don't really have have a place in a in a footballer's life. Obviously, if there's something to celebrate, then you, you got to celebrate. You got to celebrate things in life. But um, there's always butter chicken. I mean, that's not that's very, <laughs> very very healthy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then then there's there's also the other side of the things where I think like if you're feeling good and you're happy, you're going to be playing at your best. So I try to do things that especially during, you know, this past year of COVID where it could be very mentally taxing on, you know, the whole world is under stress. So just kind of doing things that I enjoy, doing things that keep me mentally happy, you know, um, taking a step back from football sometimes, you know, if, if you're constantly thinking about football, worrying about football, your mind's on football all day, every day, it's, it's a, you know, it becomes a lot. It's, it's kind of nice to be able to, be fully engaged in training, be fully engaged when you're, you know, it's work, you know, you're a professional footballer, that's your job. So when you're at work, you're at work, um, you're focusing on the game. And then when you come home, obviously you take care of your nutrition, your sleeping, all that kind of stuff, your body. If you got to stretch, you got to do all those kind of things. But then other than that, kind of just take a step away and um, do things you enjoy, do things that keep you sane, I guess. Yeah, I want to spin off from that a little bit as well. Of if because obviously as a professional football player, you train every day, and you know after training, it's not that you're just going home and you know doing and you know drinking what you want or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be very focused. And do you have any any things that you do when you when you start to lose your focus or? Yeah, if you've lost it temporarily, what 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 do you do to bring that focus back and and that drive? Um, I can't really say that I do lose my focus all that often. Um, my whole mind is, you know, the way my mind works is I finish training and then I'm thinking, what have I got to do for tomorrow's training? So mm. I've got to go home and eat. Do I have to take a nap? Was it a really hard session? Maybe I need to sleep. Maybe I need to eat some more. I need to hydrate. And then once I've done all those things, you know, those tick all the boxes and then I'm like, okay, well, I've done all my things. Now I can relax. Now I can do those things that I enjoy. Play video games, watch TV shows, hang out with friends, hang out with girlfriend, play with my cat, that kind of stuff. But um, I think the the hardest time to to be really focused is the off season, you know, because it's technically your only time away from football. You're maybe you're going on vacation, but then when you're on vacation, you've still got to be doing your workouts, still got to be making sure you're eating the right things, or even if you're eating the wrong things, not eating too many of the wrong things. You know, you don't want to come back that, into preseason. The deep test is coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you don't want to come, you know, we do uh, skin folds, like fat, yeah. fat uh, testing and that kind of stuff. You don't want to come back overweight yeah. and that kind of stuff, But which has never really been a problem for me. I'm, I'm too skinny. <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to put weight on. <laughs> um, but yeah. But yeah, it's, if you do have those moments of, of, while losing focus or something it's trying to minimize those and trying to get back on track as as quickly as possible yeah and then going back to like you said you know about 
you know, eating bad sometimes, you know, there's a time and a place, you know, so it's not mm -hmm. that you just have to be 100%, you know, white chicken, white pasta, no sauce, you know no, what I mean? Sure. Like there's a time and a place when, yeah. you know, when, when you are out of season, you've had a successful time, you know, you let loose a couple of days with your, with the team, you know, and, and you yeah. have a, you know, go have a pizza, you know what I mean? But yeah. obviously yeah. it's the, the day in day out things that are going to give you success. It's about the consistency. Mm -hmm yeah and and it's you know moderation for everything yeah. you know like if yeah. you're going to have you're going to have a little snack you're going to have a little you know cheat meal that kind of stuff as long as you're not making it that every day um which is kind of nice uh i don't know how they do it with you guys but for us they give us breakfast and lunch so we only have to take care of our dinner and our breakfast and lunch uh you know obviously very healthy and you know have all the nutrients and calories that we need but yeah like i said before i'm always trying to i lose i lose weight very very easily especially when i'm when i'm running a lot so i'm always just trying to pack on the calories as much as i can mm. try and main, maintain my weight as much as possible i'm, I'm going to send you some addresses for the polish neighborhood some special dumpling places like oh yes please <laughs> <laughs> i love i love polish dumplings <laughs> And that's pierogi, pierogi. You're gonna get pierogirias. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there was a uh, a little supermarket up by Loyola that had these fantastic old dumplings, and you just boil them in some hot water, and you're good to go. They're fantastic. I think I lived off them in college, actually. Send some <laughs> over my way, please, Elliot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go visit Jesse. You gotta go visit. Oh. Definitely. I'll send you with I'd the address to. book. I'll send you with the address book and like all like and I mean and, and the actual introductions to like the store owners. Then you get the then you get the special menu. Oh, that's, that's, that's Chicago. Yeah. Chicago's yeah, all about yeah, the special yeah. menu. Yeah. Yes, yes, please. Send that my way. I used to I, I had some Chinese friends in college and we'd go into this Chinese restaurant. It was like a really boring, ordinary Chinese mm. menu, but then say and then out out would come like this 52 page menu in chinese and they'd order it wow. it, was just, it was heavenly it was fantastic that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, the u.s is u.s is big on their secret menus yeah <laughs> yeah and the, and the diversity of the the ethnic neighborhoods and all that it's a fantastic place um hope that soon all blows over with the covid thing and the world opens yeah. up again there's so many places I've been waiting to go eat at, but everything's closed. <laughs> so I just have to wait. Elliot, um, what makes the difference in levels in a profession? I mean, you've been through several levels of the football profession, um, soccer profession. And what does the term game insight mean to you? Um, yeah, so obviously i've you know i've got my experiences from college which is you know not professional and then going into mls and then usl um the biggest difference i've seen in uh usl versus mls especially when i was playing there is you know obviously speed of play um uh, physicality mls is is takes a step higher in both those regards and also your your mistakes aren't punished and in those those lower leagues um you can get away with a lot more um which i just couldn't get away with in mls you know you take a bad touch and nobody's there to, to take the ball off you you do that in mls you're gonna lose the ball um so it's it's that next level of of 
little details that, that takes it to the next step and you got to be focused and, and you know for all 90 minutes of the game you can't really take take those plays off and you, you kind of see a lot of that and or in usl compared to mos especially and uh game insight um i guess that to me just it's kind of just like knowledge knowledge of the game and and knowledge of the way that your team is trying to play um a lot of teams i feel like aren't on the same page and are kind of winging it a lot i was part of one of those teams when i first got to chicago fire um we didn't have a style of play we didn't have a way we wanted to do anything it was every game what are we going to do we're going to mark this guy take him out of the game and then we're just going to go out and try and win like that was it whereas what i'm part of now is we we have a very you know we have a, a football philosophy we have a structure we have a lot of things that we're trying to do things that we train um so yeah kind of just the way you and your team see the game together i mm. guess no really yeah. nice answer yeah, I think I think the, the when you described the your growth of knowledge of the defensive side of the game mm-hmm. as an offensive player, mm-hmm. I think that was a good example of of, of you know of game insight as well. I, I, I want to highlight that because it was uh, mm-hmm. it was an interesting share. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's that's the end of the interview, Elliot. Uh, thank you very much awesome. for yeah, for coming on to the podcast. And that's great. You know, it's really nice catching up with you again, of course. Yeah, really good yeah, to see you sure. and see you're doing yeah. well. And, you know, I, I wish you all the all the best wishes and success for your, yeah. your career and yeah. season. And, of course, we'll stay in touch as always, man. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. I, I wish you the same back, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good, yeah. good luck on recovering from the niggle. And we hope to see you back in the, in the fold really soon. And Yeah, and- I'm, getting, I'm getting very close. You'll, you'll see me back very soon. Oh, awesome. awesome to hear that, man. Yeah. Thanks for joining I'm, us, mate. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, good to have you on. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. No problem.